People aren't using their minds. They're trying to do it the hard way. Learn to do it the easy way. That's the advice. And then you get the best of all words. You get the emotional health. You get the mental health. You get the physical health. And you get the business results. Hello, this is Dr. Diva Nagula. Welcome to From Doctor to Patient, where our goal is to bring you topics of discussion that will educate you on the various healing modalities to help balance the mind, body, and spirit. This is Dr. Nagula recording our next podcast guest, Kira Leskew. Kira is an accomplished entrepreneur with over 25 years experience, having built seven businesses of her own, two of them reaching multi-million dollar sales. Her business training includes graduating from AGI as a Jonah, an entrepreneurial master's program held jointly by MIT. Kira has had three nominations for RBC Canadian Female Entrepreneur of the Year for new startups. Kira is also a decorated athlete with multiple records in swimming, and she's also in the McCaster Sports Hall of Fame as a master swimmer. She's trained in yoga, mindfulness, pranayama, and intuition development of healing with 12,000 hours combined of all disciplines. Well, Kira, I appreciate you joining with us. We're going to take a deep dive and talk about yoga, mindfulness, and how this relates to strategies that can be utilized by an entrepreneur. And my book, it's called From Doctor to Patient. It takes a, the reader in a journey of my life as an entrepreneur and how it ultimately led me to developing cancer. I was diagnosed yeah. with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I feel that a lot of the ailments that I had suffered, which I was not privy to at the, at the time, but looking back on it, I really can see that my stress was constant and I didn't have any strategies to relieve my stress. And you're very experienced in mindfulness and you also have the experience being an entrepreneur. So you know how important these strategies are for the entrepreneurial mind. And so let's talk, let's talk about how you, you use this to heal yourself as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, the first re reason why I even did this was because as an entrepreneur, I was in very difficult situations at a very young age and had despite my athletics career where I did develop a lot of resilience for dealing with stress, it didn't prepare me enough for what it required being an entrepreneur. And I was in some very challenging industries and I had to learn stress reduction techniques. I had tons of health problems. I had migraines. I had low blood pressure. I had food allergies. I developed insomnia and just, I was burnt out as well. Like I wasn't thinking straight anymore. You know, quite a few things happened that just brought me to the realization that this could not continue. I was on a self-destructive path and I saw other people in my industries that were on a self-destructive path with heart attacks, with strokes, with diabetes, with bowel syndromes and cancer and like really serious things. And I knew that if I continued, I was going to be like them or worse. And so I decided, okay, I want to be able to do something about this. And I knew from my sports background, I did have training in sports psychology. So I knew the importance of reducing stress loads. And I knew the importance of the mind, although I didn't have the level of training that I have now. 
So I was introduced to yoga and to be honest, I didn't like it <laughs> at first. And I didn't like it because I wasn't used to slowing down. It felt very uncomfortable for me. But at the same time, while I was not liking it, I knew that this was the thing that was going to help me and that I needed it very badly. And I was willing to go through that little bit of awkwardness to get to that path. Less than a year later, I was in my yoga teacher training, yoga and pranayama teacher training, which is the breathing techniques that aren't always taught with yoga. And it changed my life. Not only was I healthier when these health problems started to get rid of, <laughs> I was working less, I was getting better results in less time. And when I did that, my business grew. Mm. And I'm like, okay, how did that happen? But that's the benefit. Like people don't realize the impact of when we're experiencing stress, all the thing that it affects and the way it affects the mind, we don't see the way out of the situation until we learn to stop the stress. And then that's when we can see how to get out of these situations. So for you, what was the tipping point where you knew you needed to seek help? There were a couple things that happened. The first thing was one of my biggest customers there in automotive and appliance, their person that did the scheduling and was responsible for keeping orders on time had a heart attack. And then before they, they phoned us and told us that, and they, they really didn't know how to, what they needed done for that day. Cause the penalties are huge. I mean, you can get a million dollar bill for being an hour late on things. So there's a lot of stress. <laughs> yeah. Talk about stress. So the general manager phoned me and then two hours later, the owner of the company phoned me and said that the general manager had had a heart attack. And I um, was in my mid twenties at the time, I think it was about 24. And I just knew if I stayed on this path, it was going to be me. And then another thing happened a few, few weeks to a month later was that I was going in on a midnight shift because our factory ran 24 hours a day. Luckily it was the middle of winter and I fell asleep while I was driving and hit a snowbank. Oh my. You know, I know I was, uh, divinely <laughs> divine intervention because it could have happened in a lot of bad places. It happened in a place where there was a very soft, soft snow bank and I just came to rest and nothing bad happened. And I just said, that's it. Like this can't continue. Like I've been given three warnings now. <laughs> Two weren't personal. One was personal. That's enough for me. I am going to deal with this. So and that's amazing that at least you saw those as warnings and then you just, yeah. were, you were in tune with that and were able to change the outcome. Yeah. For me, it was a little too late. I, I had basically exited my business and my practice. And then a year following is when I was diagnosed. So the cancer was already in me brewing and it was just, it, it had percolated enough to where it was visible. And that's how it was uh, found for me. I had lymph nodes yeah. that were swollen all over, but I have so many friends that are entrepreneurs and everyone has that mindset and they're in that grind of just, of just pushing forward at all costs. And it's like, you know, I, and my book talks about strategies to employ to just to take a step back and be present and be mindful and just allow that to be a source of ease and a strategy to use regularly just to get out of that grind and out of that mindset. What would you recommend for people like my friends who are entrepreneurs or for any entrepreneur for that matter and to take control of themselves for better well-being? The first thing is, is that we've been sold a myth 
that is absolutely not true about high performance, and that is that we are supposed to grind. The science just doesn't agree with it, and my personal experience certainly doesn't agree with it. As an elite athlete, I never had my best performances when I was training the most. Wow. As an entrepreneur, I, my companies did never not have their highest performance when I was stressed out or other people at the top were stressed out. When I take people through burnout recovery programs and they're entrepreneurs, we cut back the amount of time they're working and shockingly low. I'm like, if you're burnt out, you've got three, I tell them you've got three hours a day to work. And they're like, Oh my God, my business is going to fall apart. What happens is two or three months later, their businesses grow (laughs) because they're in the way of the growth because they're not making good decisions. They're not seeing things clearly the fight or flight part of the brain is running the show and they usually have a whole bunch of health problems and emotional issues and relationship issues as a result of the fact that their nervous system is caught up in fight or flight. You stop that process and things start to turn around and you can look at things objectively, you can think more creatively, you can make better decisions And the science agrees that that's what high performers do. People that are at the top 5% of their industry, and even in sports, that it's the ones that have that relax, that ease. You know, they talk about athletes high. That's a real thing. That's when I had my best performance. I had an out-of-body experience. I was like watching myself swim. I got out, my heart rate wasn't even up. Now, at that time, I had mononucleosis, and I couldn't even walk up a flight of stairs. Wow. And I did my training through, you know, visualization, which is one of like a a precursor to meditation. That mattered more than the training. So people aren't using their minds. They're trying to do it the hard way. Learn to do it the easy way. That's the advice. And then you get the best of all words. You get the emotional health. You get the mental health. You get the physical health. And you get the business results. And and I think the key is, is that, yes, um, people are aware of this um, in the back of their mind. They're like, they know they should be more mindful. They They should definitely dial down the fight or flight response and be more parasympathetic. But it's like, they need to, people need to implement this as a routine. And in our, in the way we live in society, we're always looking for a quick fix. This isn't a quick fix. This is something that, you know, you might feel some immediate results, but in order to actually make a difference, you have to practice this on a regular basis. You know, mindfulness, yoga, meditation, pranayama, right? I mean, wouldn't you agree? Well, I totally agree. It is a relatively quick fix if you stick with it. Now the quick fix, people want one and done. It's not one and done. Like anything that's health related or or high performance related, it's about habits. And we know that like people that are at the top of whatever it is they do, they're joyful when they do it and they do it a lot. (laughs) So with the mindfulness, with healthful eating, with, you know, impactful relationships, it's about our day-to-day habits. Now, the thing is that people don't realize how much time they're wasting. Now, in addition to my meditation background, I teach theory of constraints, which teaches businesses how to optimize things. 70% of what every person does in their job every day is waste. Hmm. When we look at how much the mind can operate, most of that is waste as well. So if you take all that waste out and put it into something useful like recovery, the, the time that you actually are working and doing something useful to progress is at the highest level it can be. 
The truth is that not every activity we do contributes the same amount to the outcomes we're trying to get. So take out the stuff that isn't contributing, put in the stuff that's gonna help you recover and be at your best when you're doing the things that really matter. And that's how people get those highly leveraged results mm -hmm. and that they're able to get, you know, great results in less time. Right. And so give me an example of a client who comes to you, what shape they're in and then what you do for them to get them through the stages of relaxation and get them out of the fight or flight and allow yeah. them to heal. Yeah, so it, it honestly it depends where they're at. If people are in extreme, extreme case and they need something to work really fast, I actually do pranayama with them, which is the breathing techniques, because it can work in 15 minutes per day. If people aren't quite at that level yet, then I typically work with them on managing their schedule and literally going through with their schedule and taking things out and reducing things that they're doing because they can't see it clearly anymore. So we help them analyze it. And then we put that time into learning meditation and mindfulness and action techniques. And then that slows the stress response down, increases the, you know, the positive hormones that we have in our body and activates their creative mind. And the combination of the two learning mindfulness techniques, mindful or three mindfulness and action techniques and working on their schedule. I mean, they get healthy and their businesses take off. Like normally businesses on average grow 50% within the 18, next 18 months. And people work usually less than half of what they were working previously. That's phenomenal. And then in what time and they're frame, healthy <laughs> and they're healthy. And in what time frame do you see this occur? Like over a period of weeks, months, typically it takes people like two to three months, but some people are honestly can get it in the first week. They just need someone to tell them that it's okay to do this. <laughs> right, right. And they kind and then they kind of run with it. But there's a significant, from a biological point of view, 40 days is a very important time frame for forming new habits. And that's because our blood completely replaces itself. We have all new blood after 40 days. So if we've had a lot of different difficult hormones from stress or, or you know, cortisol or whatever it is, well, that blood is all new blood. It hasn't been exposed to that. So when we take them through the process, we try to make sure that any technique or process we do goes beyond those 40 days so that they're for sure into a place where they now have a new biological set point that their biology feels different. So that's really interesting because you're, you're talking about a physiological method where, you know, you, if you stick it out, this is the rationale why you need to stick it out for 40 days. So I think intuitively, if people understand that, it makes sense to stick it out that long. Yeah. I want to get into pranayama in just a little bit, because I know that's your, your expertise and, and a lot of your <laughs> listeners probably haven't heard of it or know what it is. But before we get into that, I wanted to ask about what's a good metric of, you know, for measurement in terms of their stressors and their, whether they're in flight or flight or whether they're in a parasympathetic or rest and digest type of phase. The science shows that high performers, like when we ask them, you know, a scale of one to 10, 10 being I was stressed hundred percent of the time for the past month or three months or whatever the time frame is. And one being it was 10% or less. Just intuitively, where do you think high performers would score on that? Pretty stressed out. That's not actually true. When we look at the top, top performers, they score on average between one and two. 
Wow. The reason why people get so confused about this is that we project how we would feel in the situation in which that high performer is performing. So we look at someone who's like, say, an NBA all-star or maybe someone that does work that's kind of dangerous or maybe an executive that's like, oh my gosh, they have so many things they have to handle. And we think of how we would feel in that situation and we think it's stress. But in those situations, those people actually aren't stressed. They're actually enjoying themselves or they're focused and relaxed in the moment. They're in that, we call athletes high, but that can happen to anyone. It can happen to a surgeon, to an executive, to, you know, someone who's a firefighter. So they're not actually stressed. And the truth is, is that we want that stress to not be present. We want to be relaxed. Relaxed and alert is a high performance state. It leads to creativity, it leads to better communication, and it leads to better biology. So the first thing we need to do is break that mental connection that stresses high performance and it's leading us to the things we want. No, if you're getting stressed, you need to stop, take a time out, calm yourself down, and then ask, really, what should I be doing here? So that's one of the first steps is learning to recognize it. The second one is getting skills to stop it and to prevent it. Uh, it's wonderful. I, uh, those tips are great. I wouldn't have understood that. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. It's a big sense misconception. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense when you... Hey, Dr. Diva here. Thank you to all my listeners who supported my book and helped to make it a huge success. You all helped us hit number one in Barnes & Noble, number one in the categories of oncology, cancer, healing, and medical ebooks in Amazon, and number 21 in all of the Kindle store. If you haven't gotten your copy, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or Booksamillion.com. Visit from doctortopatient.com to become part of our growing community of health and wellness aficionados and to learn more. Let's go into a modality that you use for your clients and and pranayama. And let's go ahead and talk about that. And what is it and how do you use it and what is it good for? Okay, awesome question. So pranayama, first of all, what does it mean? So prana and yama, it comes from a Sanskrit word. And pranayama is one of the eight branches of yoga. So what we think of as yoga is really asana, which means poses. Some styles of yoga do teach some pranayama, which is the breathing techniques. So prana means breath. It also means life force. And yama means to control or direct. So pranayama means to control or direct your life force. Mm -hmm. Now, as a doctor, what's the first thing happens when we're a baby? When we're born, we start breathing, right? Yeah, take that big deep breath, yes. Right, and what determines when we die? When there's lack of breathing, right? Lack of breathing, exactly. So intuitively, and even in a very practical sense, we know that breath is very connected to life. The thing that most people don't realize is that it controls and affects every single physical system we have in the body. It helps with digestion. It hurts digestion. 
it helps with our hormone levels, it helps you know pump the blood through the body, and all of those other things have indirect effects and direct effects on all the other systems in our body, including what part of the brain's working, because that you know fight or flight can stop or start with our breath. We can control that. Now, the amazing thing about breathing is it's the system in the body which anybody can control and does control both automatically and intentionally. So it works whether we control it or not, but we can also take charge of that. Now, people that can do advanced techniques and they can learn to control things that we wouldn't normally think of being controllable, but my bicep doesn't fire unless I tell it to fire, right? Correct. But my lungs work, they pump, but I can also tell them to change how they're working. So that's why working with breath is so powerful. It affects all these systems and we can change it. And it works if we're under stress, it has a certain behavior. When we want to relax and feel good, we can change it directly by doing specific techniques. So what pranayama is, is a series of techniques that people can use to change, first of all, the stress response and stop that. And then there's more than 400 techniques that we can use as vitamins to have specific emotional, mental, and physical responses in the body. So there's a specific pranayama that can be employed to um, rid or enhance an emotion. Yes. So it works the overall response, but then we can have ones that work with specific things. So if someone's feeling lethargic or lazy, there are pranayama techniques you can do to the, for that. If you're feeling anger, there are specific pranayama techniques that you can use so that you're not spreading that response in the body continually and breaking sort of the triggers in the nervous system where you go to that anger as a default. It can heat the body, it can cool the body, it can improve digestion, it can improve liver functioning, kidney functioning, blood flow, the amount of oxygen you have, and the list goes exactly, and it doesn't take very long. You can do this in less than 15 minutes a day if you do the right techniques and you do them correctly. It's very interesting. I mean, it also, you know, it could also stop the emotion from cascading. So if you feel the anger coming on and you know you're supposed to employ the technique of pranayama, you automatically stop that cascade of emotions and, and, and changes in your body by just realizing that, right? So yeah. it's, part of, it's part of the battle right there. And then you start employing pranayama and then, then you're, all, you're on your way to really being in a parasympathetic state. Yeah. And what people don't realize is that we, we have an, like in yoga sense, they call it a, uh, an emotional body as well as a physical body. Actually, there are 10 bodies and mental, there's mental bodies as well. And that when we don't fully process emotion in from a Western psychology, we would call this unconscious and subconscious that those we can, you can get angry like that (laughs) over something that shouldn't make you that angry. It's because you haven't fully processed the anger and the pranayama techniques. If you continue to practice them, not only they help you with the anger in the moment, but they help you get rid of that stuff that's been trapped often in physical parts of your body, as well as the mental and emotional parts so that you get rid of that so you don't get triggered anymore. And by practicing this every day, I think you mentioned this before, you'd see improved performance over time. You'd see improved mental capacity, cognition. And I'm guessing that as a result of all this, your sleep is improved too and your overall health is better. 
that's fascinating because it's just such a simple technique and it avoids all the other band-aids that a lot of Western medicine typically finds and applies, you know, like blood pressure medications and, and anti-anxiety medications and de- antidepressants. In my mind, all that can be eliminated or at least toned down a bit by starting to practice mindfulness, practicing pranayama and yoga. Yep. Yeah, that, that's very much true. Like I know the list of things myself that I, I've healed. I used to have extremely low blood pressure. That's gone. I had... Um, wow, you had low blood pressure? That was part of your flight, fight or flight response? Yeah. Huh. And that's due to a lot of different reasons. But yeah, I had extremely low blood pressure. And I had all the effects, but it was just borderline low. So no one would do anything about it. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn how to fix this with yoga, which I did. And then the answer was pranayama. But I also fixed hips problems, migraines. Talk about how it helped with your your hip problems. Like what what did you do? Yeah, so why that that works is because there was emotional stuff that was trapped Ah. in my hips. Gotcha. And then when I started doing, now these were advanced techniques because I've been practicing this for a while, but as stuff starts to loosen up, all the tendons in, in the body are the last thing to release emotionally. I and, didn't know that. And That's when you think about it, like muscle releases quickly, then yep. the connective tissues, the next level, and then the, all the tendons that are in the joints follow, are the last suit. to let go. Yeah, makes sense. So it took some work to, and obviously I'm an expert at this, so I was able to do that. But once I worked my well, my way up to the advanced techniques, I did it in less than forty days, and this was a condition I was born with. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So on on your day to day routine, do you do everything, yoga as well as pranayama, or do you just kind of mix and match depending on what your mood is like and what stress level you're at? No, I practice pranayama every day because like it works so quickly. And then I mostly practice other styles of meditation. I do do some yoga, but I, I do other sports as well. And honestly, once you learn pranayama and some of the meditation techniques, you can make any sport a meditation. Yes. Which is right. one of my favorite meditations is, you know, it's meditation in action. Right. So that's kind of me think of the ninjas and stuff like that, right? Right, right. <laughs> like they right. have this amazing clarity. They're in this deep relaxation, but that's the same true. When I listen to elite athletes talk about, you know, they were talking about the NBA finals. I'm like, all these guys are talking about meditation and action, right? You're right. That's, that's a good point. That's why their, their stress levels are at a, one or two, which we were describing about earlier, right? Yeah, yeah because they're in that flow state. So yeah, and a flow state is a meditative state. And but you can train yourself to access that no matter what you're doing. It's so amazing. Most entrepreneurs, you know, or, or biohackers, they try to hack their system by using supplements and any num- number of techniques just to achieve flow. And what really they're, they're, they're missing out on is a simple breathing technique like pranayama, like you were talking about that could achieve that very quickly. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's funny that we always and we kind of avoid the things that are actually the simple things that can actually really work. So as an athlete, I mean, for me, flow came through focus. And yeah. that's how flow happens. People, you need to learn to focus and we want to do anything but that, right? Exactly. But that's the thing that works. Right. <laughs> and it's reliable. It's reliable. You can have it no matter where you are doing, no matter anything, 
Any situation happens, you can be cut off from civilization, but if you have the skills, you can still do this. Right. And it's amazing. I think you hit up this earlier is like breathing is the one uh, exercise or activity that we can perform consciously and unconsciously. So it's, 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 it's an important facet of life and we're able to manipulate the breathing um, on our own. It's quite an amazing feature that, you know, we're able to manipulate for our own better well-being. We're running close to being out of time. So for our, for our listeners who are more interested in reaching out to you or finding out more information about pranayama, uh, what's the best mode of getting in touch with you? Yeah, so the, to go to theeagleinstitute.com, we have right at the top, you can, you know, we have a lot of free resources on there, first of all. And second of all, you, you can, if you want to talk with me, we do do evaluations for people, whether it's for stress level or they just want to learn, you know, meditation or pranayama for whatever purpose to feel better, improve performance, get rid of stress, health reasons. They can just book an appointment with us there and we can chat with what their goals are and what the best way is to achieve them. Do you do training virtually? I do all my training on Zoom. Mostly we do do some live talks and live events. Usually a company will invite us in, but most people we work with, you know, one-on-one or in small groups over Zoom. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm so intrigued. I I think I want to enroll in your services and become one of your clients. So awesome. We'd love to have you. (laughs) I'm on this path of, of uh, trying to get into more of a parasympathetic Zen like state. And, um, you know, I've noticed that deep breathing is so helpful and, and I probably are, I'm doing it to, uh, I'm doing it on my own and I know it's helping, but I can only imagine how much better it would get if I, if I, if I'm trained in pranayama and the different techniques is over 400. So this is wonderful. The thing with pranayama, it works fast. Yeah. So for people that maybe aren't quite ready to meditate or they don't think they have the time, then you can do this in 15 minutes a day for meditation. You really need 40 minutes a day as a beginner because the first 25 is warm up (laughs) and then that's what you need to get to your 15. But with pranayama, it starts working right away. So you don't need that. And that feedback, that instant feedback that it's working, you know, will enable a person to want to do it more frequently. Exactly. And it's more, it's more interesting. So you, you have stuff to pay attention to. So it's a bit approachable for someone who's not used to sitting still. Yeah. So, Well, fantastic, Kara. Thank you so much for joining us and be a look at on your, in your email. I'm going to send you a digital copy of my book, which will be coming out in the oh, first that's so great. December. And if you have a chance to read it, I'd love your feedback. I would love to do that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one.